Welcome to uh, the Team Wendelboe Coffee Podcast. Uh, this is uh, another episode where we are fortunate to have some guests in the studio, Marisabel and Moises. We call you Caballero, but uh, your full names are Marisabel Caballero and Moises Herrera. Yes. And, uh, but you produce the famous Caballero coffees that we sell, uh, the Catuai, the Geisha. And we recorded a podcast episode while I was in Honduras uh, with Moises, but uh, Marisabel was too busy. <laughs> <laughs> but now you're in Norway, so we are able to, to speak together, finally. And uh, I thought, uh, yeah, I would uh, ask you some questions about your farms and everything. So okay. are you ready to share your stories? Ready. Yeah, ready. fantastic. So maybe we start with you, Marisabel. Maybe you can introduce yourself, who you are, and uh, yeah. Hello, yes, Tim. It's a honor to be here in your office here in Norway. Wow, <laughs> it's a big honor. And my, my name is Marisabel Caballero. And together with my husband, Moises Herrera, we work in Finca El Puente. Mm. But as you say, we are Caballeros Coffee just because Tim Wendelbo made that brand from us. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Tim. It's amazing. Even Moises, no, Moises is happy too. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and Moises, who are you? Uh, I am um, original from Guatemala, mm -hmm. and I moved to Honduras in 1992 to work in coffee. And I am so happy to, until now, live in Honduras. In 1992, uh, 1993 exactly, I start my life like a coffee producer. Mm. Because before I working in uh, the office like accounting, but since 1993, I have a new life like a coffee producer. And together with Marisabel, when we got married, we continue working in the Finca El Puente. Mm. So maybe, uh, so let's go way, way back. How did you guys meet? Because uh, you say you're from Guatemala, Marisabel, you are from Marcala in, uh, in Honduras, but how did you meet? Yes, you know, I, my hometown is in Marcala. Mm -hmm. I am a coffee producer. I am a fourth generation in coffee. Um, my family has more than 110 years of tradition working in coffee. So when I finished my university, I came back to Marcala because it was one thing that I always want to do since I was a kid, to come back to Marcala and work in coffee, live in a coffee farm, live all my life. I dream in that, and I always dream to have my husband that love coffee, that wanted to live in Marcala, and I was so blessed mm. when finally I, I met a man that loves coffee, that works in coffee, that worked in coffee. And hope, I hoped in that time that he could live in Marcala. So 
he came to Marcala to work in a, in a exporter from Guatemala mm-hmm. in, in Honduras. And he was working in Marcala, my hometown. We met there and we got married there and we started our own business yeah. as a family, as Finca El Puente in 1997. But your, your father was already farming coffee. Yes, yeah. I am I am fourth generation from my mother's side. Oh, really? Yes. So it was my great-grandfather, my grandfather, and then my mother. Mm. And then... And then you me. met Moises. But did you, your first farm, did you buy it to, together or did you inherit it from your father? Or how did that, uh, how did you start with coffee? No, and like uh, Finkel Puente, but we called Finkel Puente in... 1997, but in 1992, when I just want to go to Honduras to start the, the work in Honduras, uh, I had an accident in my car, mm. and the insurance paid me the car. And then, uh, uh, but when I, I arrived in Honduras, I have all the company pay me for all, include the car, the house. And then I start to spend the money for like I took for the, the, the insurance company. But then one day I start to thinking, I think so it's better to start to uh, invest in land, mm. not thinking in farm, just in land, just in case when I decide to back to Guatemala, I can send uh, sell the, um, the land and back the money to start another life in Guatemala. But in um, like uh, uh, the first land was empty land, but then one guy offered to me the farm, one farm. I remember the name of the 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 man like I want to sell the the farm is was Matilde. Yeah, until now we call this lot La Matilde. Yeah, and this is was my very first uh, lot. I I start uh, like uh, this um, farm. Uh, alone and I continued to buy land to buy farms and then when uh, we got married with Marisabel of course we start to to work together yeah but together in a, in a, the farm and um, but separate like uh, the Marisabel family farms okay completely to uh, separate yeah yes because when I I finish uh, I came back to Marcala I start to work with my parents' farm. Mm. But when I met Moises, I got married with Moises. Moises already have his farms, his land, and then we decided to start our business. So I I quit working with my parents and I started to work with Moises. Mm. And this was this was in the late 90s. Mm, yes, 1996 we got married wow. and we started in 1997. But uh, I remember uh, I started working in coffee in 1998 and I remember there was a price crisis around then. Like the mm-hmm. prices were very low. So what made you decide to to continue with coffee back then? In that moment is because uh, I uh, have a job in a coffee company mm-hmm. and then uh, help us to support the family. Because I remember in that time, the price 
was very, very low. Mm. It's like a 90 cents a pound, per pound. Mm. It's very low. And uh, it's a crisis. But because I work in the company, help us to, to maintain the farms. Mm. But after that, when, when the company quit operation in Honduras, it was in the middle of the crisis. Yeah. So, so it was very difficult for us as a coffee growers. So we decide in that moment that Moises is going to continue working in the farms to grow because we have one number of hectares that we want to have to maintain our family. Mm. So I have to move to work in another business just to maintain the house. Mm. And Moises just support only the farms. So all the, the, the money that came from the farm, we invest in the farm and I support the, the house and the family. Mm. So when we got the number of hectares that we wanted to have, I quit my, my job and then we start to work again together in coffee. 100%. Yes. And then I, I know you've told me this story many times before. And uh, I remember you said that you almost lost your land in, uh, yes. in the 2000s. Can you tell, them, tell us a little bit about that? Yes. It was because in the uh, end of the 90s, um, the mill, like uh, we still work in Honduras, was for uh, one man from, uh, from Guatemala. And this man come to to Marcala and offer to special to Don Fabio, Marisabel's father, to work together like a partners. Mm. And they uh, took a loan in the bank. And that moment was uh, very difficult too because the rate of the interest was so high. I remember it was 35% Wow! in that moment. <laughs> and then... Um, and we, they, they took a loan, but then in that moment, I remember uh, in the beginning, the price go up until 150 or means like a 150 per pound. Mm. But then the man from Guatemala was in charge to sell the coffee, but he never fixed the, the price. Mm. And then when he fixed the price, the price was going down and uh, I remember, I, not exactly the the price, but was around the seventy five cents, wow. and means like uh, we lost a lot of money, and we have a, a very huge problem, financial problem, mm. and um, we but we still talk with the bank, and they waiting for us a little bit, but in that moment in two thousand three. Um, one uh, group of uh, roster from the United States visit Honduras. And was the time too, and Honduras start the national um, competition for specialty coffee. Yeah. Means like uh, was the, like, uh, the test for the cup of excellence. Yeah. And I remember we put some samples in the competition and we took the second place. But in that moment, it was difficult to sell the coffee 
And uh, but was a, a very good uh, opportunity to know the quality like uh, we have in the farms. Yeah. In 2004, they uh, opened in Honduras the Cup of Excellence competition, and then we decided to send many samples to the competition, and we took. I I remember was seventh place, but the highest place was the second place. Mm. But was good opportunity because one of the men the roster visit in 2003, they remember uh, the f- the name of the farms and remember the quality of the or coffee, and he bought in the cup of excellence this coffee, mm. and was the first time we can start the relation direct relation with uh, some uh, roster, mm. and in that moment. Like uh, because we took some money for the cup of excellence, we talked with the owner of the bank, and he was very very nice man with us because uh, he forgiven some uh, amount of money, and we fixed another loan. Mm. He gave us a very in that time was very good rate uh, interest, just ten percent instead of 35 <laughs> and he gave us 10 years to pay and that was uh the like at a point like a, we restart the business yeah because was a very very nice with us the the owner of the bank mm. but you know before the first uh, the first cup of excellence in a national uh, in national in Honduras in 2003 some people from USID came to Marcala, was invited. So was a group of roster mm-hmm. from United States came to, to Marcala and they cooked some coffees. And in that moment, that was our first thing that f- filled up, fill up us of hope. Because in that moment, that the samples that he they liked was our samples. Nice. And in the future, we never expected in that moment that the three one three of the people people that visit Marcala in that time mm. was the three customers that we will have in two thousand five. It's amazing. Can you imagine? Yeah. It was before two thousand three. And then in 2005, we have them as a buyer. So it was the same same buyers. Yes, yes. Well, and, that and recognize our coffee that they tasted in that moment. So 2005, I was in Honduras as a jury in the Cup of Excellence. And just for our listeners to understand, uh, maybe you can explain, Moises, what is Cup of Excellence, just uh, very shortly. Uh, yeah, and the uh, Cup of Excellence for us was a blessing program. Because in that moment they uh, developed this program, and the, the the idea was try to introduce the producer to the roster, mm. or in another way, like uh, the roster can know the producer direct and start to have a direct relation. Mm. And uh, we are so blessed because. Um, like Marisabel said, we have some customer like we start in 2005 to sell direct. Yeah. 
And until now, we maintain this relation. They're still buying the coffee. Yes. And for us, was a, 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 I, I always uh, have like an example about like a, the cup of excellence is like a pool. And you are in, um, when you jump in the pool. Yeah. But, and then the, the producer decide in what place he want to jump just to try to swim in a deep and to have a, a very good opportunities or stay more comfortable just in that in the shallow ground the shallow, yes <laughs> and many of the producer in my opinion they decide stay to the comfortable side like a, to try every year to sell coffees in the cup of excellence mm. took some money but the program is very nice because they gave us the opportunity to know a lot of customer yeah. and was for the cup of excellence like a, we know the customer for example like you i remember in the, like a 2004 when was the first competition like uh the icafe is that is the national institute of the coffee in honduras after the competition they start to tell us like a, it's a one opportunity to travel to Trieste. Oh, yeah. And uh, they invite uh, the producer. And I don't know what is the reason, but we, Marisabel and me, we cannot travel to Trieste. But Don Fabio, Marisabel's father, traveled to represent the family in this event. And it was in that moment like uh, he know you. And I remember in 2005 when you went uh, like a jury in the Cup of Excellence. I traveled with Don Fabio to, I remember, to Copan, mm. and I met you. But, of course, you you recognize Don Fabio. Yeah. And I met you, and uh, we say just hello. And was in 2010 when you visit another time, yeah. like a jury in Honduras, and uh, was in Marcala the evening. In yeah. that moment, we know you. And since that moment, we started a relation with Tim, Tim Wendelbaum. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I remember you, the story about uh, Trieste. Uh, but uh, to sum up, like for the listeners, Cup of Excellence is a competition for producers. Mm -hmm. So you can send in as many samples as you want, I think. Yeah, in that moment, yes. Now it's have a more regulation. Okay. And then a national jury tastes the coffees blindly, and then mm. the the ones who score, is it 85 points or more? Yes, in that moment it was 85. So those coffees go to an uh, international jury, and then the international jury score them again, and all the coffees that are 85 again, I think, mm -hmm. uh, gets auctioned out on the internet. So uh, and anyone in the world can actually bid on these coffees, but traditionally it's roasters in Asia. It used to be in Europe and the US as well, but more in Asia now, I think. And the prices for like the first place is always very high. Yeah, but uh, back then at least, uh, I think the prices were like three, four dollars per pound, uh, something like that on average. Can that? And now, no, now it's like uh, in that time. Uh, I don't remember exactly, but I think so. The base is four. Yeah. And now the an average is around s between six and eight. Yeah. But in the beginning, I remember was. We are so happy, like a producer, when we can take a two dollars, two fifty. Yeah, because the market price was so low. Because the market price is so low, 
And now it's like um, much, much better the prices mm. compared with uh, in the beginning. But if you get first place, it's almost like winning the lottery. Yes, oh. of course. <laughs> yes. yes. And oh, I remember, I think so in the first the year, roster. the price, the high price was like uh, 15. Yeah. 15 uh, dollars per pound. But was the, and it's like a, you say, like a lottery, yeah. like a, the first place in the lottery. Yeah, I remember in 2005, I was a jury and you came second place. Yes. Um, and then uh, in I remember so uh, vividly because in the international jury, we had Peter Giuliano from Counterculture. Dwayne was there from Stumptown. Robert was there from Kaffa. There were so many. Mariama was there from uh, Mariama. Uh, and I wasn't even buying coffee. I was just a barista. So I was not there to you know, meet farmers or anything. I was just invited uh, to, to be in the jury. But uh, it was a lot of nice people back then uh, in the jury. And uh, everyone loved your coffee. We, Peter Giuliano, call, Giuliano called it the Purple Princess. And uh, I think he bought it. Uh, I think they bought the coffee. Yes, they yeah. bought with another. And you know, was one very nice story. I remember because in 2005, or six, 2000, 2005, I think, we compete in the Q auction. It's 2005. In the Q auction is that you compete with one whole container. Wow. <laughs> yes. And in that time, we got the first and the second place. And one importer bought the coffee from us and sent some sample to Peter Giuliano. Mm. And... Peter, he said that at his desk, he saw one sample without any name. And he said, Who, whose coffee is this one? And nobody told him. He rose and he copped. And when he copped, he said, this coffee is from Finkel Puente, wow. from Honduras. <laughs> and then he started to, to ask. And then he called the importer. And the importer said, yes, it's that coffee. So it was so nice that in that time he recognized that the same coffee that he tried in, in yeah. the Cup of Excellence in well, 2005. He is a great taster for sure. Yes, <laughs> yes, for sure. Yeah. And ever since then, uh, you won the Cup of Excellence once with your geisha. Uh, was that in 2019 or? 16. 16. 16. Yeah, 16. 16. Wow. Yeah, um, this is a, another. Uh, history about this because um, 2007, I think so, one customer traveled through Panama mm -hmm. and he gave us a bag of seeds and he told us, this seed will be a big future for you. Mm. Take care very well. And uh, in that moment, nobody, oh, a lot of people in Honduras, especially the old producer, know the, the geisha variety. But in that moment, nobody produced the, this variety in Honduras. Mm. They replaced the variety for some catuai or another varieties. And we start to produce this coffee and we deal, uh, we make a deal with this company. And like, uh, we need to, set, to produce the coffee and in the beginning, we need to sell exclusively for this friend. Yeah. And what's fair because yeah. it's a... And then, of course, after the first crop, 
The second crop, we start to reproduce the seeds. And uh, 2010, um, I remember Marisabel Don uh, participate in a cup of excellence, just me, and I took the, I think so, the 10 or uh, 11 place. Mm. And we talked with Marisabel like a family, and we decide to not participate for some times in the cup of excellence mm. until we have some a very special coffee. Mm. And in 2015, I we talked and we decide to participate. Because uh, we thought like uh, we have more experience to produce coffee, more experience to process. And I worked very hard to try to select the best coffee. Mm. And we decide to participate and we choose the samples. We, I remember I traveled many times to, from San Pedro Sula to Mar there's Marcala to San Pedro Sula to try the, in a, some copy lab with another copper to select the best coffee. And in the end, we select two samples and we send the samples to the competition. And was that time the, the world and was very, we start to talk with the friends and then Marisabel uh, hear his name and she's thinking like uh, something is say hello to her. Mm -hmm. But in that moment, was her, we are like uh, in shock because is that they start to, to call the, the winner of the, the producer. And in that moment, Marisabel took the place 38, means the last one wow. in this competition. <laughs> and I took the 28. For us was very, we are, feel like a very disappointed mm. because we feel like a, we work together. But then the next year I told Marisabel, no, we need to talk with a customer like a, provide us the geisha mm. and like a, ask him if it's possible to participate in the Cup of Excellence. Mm. And we are so lucky because he told us, yes, you can participate because it's sometimes like a, we sell to me the coffee and now you produce more, and it's fair, like I, and then the, with that time, like we decided 2016, to put the coffee in the cup of excellence, and thanks God, we took the first place. Yeah. But it, you know, in that moment, we have two, we, we learned two good things in life. That always in life, when you want something, you have to, work for it yeah. sometimes is you won't have what you want but if you continue and you are diligent what you want you will get if you work hard yeah nothing nothing is for lucky no no is the result of the hard work mm. one thing and another thing is when you have you have to be loyal with your customers. Mm. For example, for example, with this customer, he got the seeds for us in 2006. We told him that we are going to sell the coffee only to him mm. until we got, got the permission for him, from him to participate in Cup of Excellence and mm. to sell coffee to another, we did. Mm. So it get, we got a result for it. 
Yeah. So sure. that is the life. The yeah. life is like this. You have to be loyal in your life and you will get rewards for it. Yeah. You have to work hard in your life and you will re you will get reward for it. Yeah. But I'll, I'll, not many people have the patience though to do it. And that's uh, I think the problem sometimes. You you want uh, fast results. Yes. And you don't have the patience to yes. to to work hard for it. Yes, and yeah. it's normal as a human being. Mm. But you have to we have to learn with the time. Yeah. I remember I was uh, I think I was in Colombia or I was in Norway and I got a photo from uh, an exporter that we both know Benjamin Paz. He sent me a photo of you with the trophy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I couldn't believe it. And then he sent another photo of Hob Neil with the second yes, place yes. trophy. Yes. So that was a very good year for, for both of you, I think. Uh, and for those of you who don't know, Hob Neil is the farmer of Nascimento, which I also buy coffee yes. from. Yeah. Yes, he got the, the, the second place. And, mm. and he had been getting places in Cup of Excellence. Yeah, yeah, he's yes, been he's doing amazing. Well. Producer yeah. in Honduras. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. So, so couple excellence has been uh, pretty, pretty important for you. But you mentioned uh, Moises that uh, you would like to swim in the deeper uh, waters, and uh, I remember uh, we had a. You were at the Nordic Roaster Forum some years ago, and you talked about uh, that it's not always important to get the highest possible price, but to have like you say, loyal customers who come back every year. Can you maybe talk a little bit about your view about uh, how it is as a producer uh, to sell coffee and, and uh, why it's so important to you to have a relationship or commit, committed customers who come year after year? Yeah, like uh, we talked before, uh, we believe in um, and we trust in our customer and we are so lucky because we have a very good customer. And for sure, in some customer, sometimes we have, we pass some hard times. Mm. I remember one time, like in Honduras, we have a, a huge problem. No, not in Honduras, in our farm, spe specific in our farm, we have a, a, a huge problem with the frozen. The coffee was frozen. Mm. And almost the 50% of the coffee we lost like a damage mm. and we talk with a cost or customer and they accept in that moment to receive the coffee with a, a little high defects yeah and uh, but not in a cup just like a, you look the coffee is not amazing yeah and and we are so lucky because this happened just when you have a, a good relation with a customer, and uh, but for in another side, this situation make us to have more commitment with the quality, mm. and then in our farms, we need we need to uh, explain even our workers, they need to work with passion in a coffee, and try to do the best of us in every step, like uh, we have in the process of the coffee. Mm. And uh, of course, in a life, it's very important, the money. But it's not the most important in mm. the life. Mm. And we are so happy until today because one of the, our goal is to maintain good relation with the customer, but in a 
another side is like a, we can live good like a family, mm. but also to maintain good the workers work with us. Yeah. And we are so lucky because we have a very good relation with the workers. And we try to help the workers as uh, much as possible. Mm. And this is good because, especially in that time, uh, now like a producer in our country, we have a lot of problems with the labor. Mm. But we are so lucky because, not lucky, but is the result of the, all the relation we have. Yeah, exactly. Like mm. uh, we don't suffer with the labor. Of mm. course, we suffer less compared with another. And then we try to maintain this relation. And it's very difficult for us because in some moment we, we want to mechanize many of the activities, not only in the mill, but in the farm too. But then we start to thinking with Marisabel, like uh, if we mechanize, we can uh, keep some money, but some families don't have a work. Yeah. And this is one of the reasons, for example, in our farms, we spend a lot of money in labor and a cleaning the farm. Mm. Because all the farm we clean by hand. But in that way, is the way like uh, we can maintain a lot of families until all the year. And it's good because, uh, but all many of these things is possible because we have a very good relation with the customer. Yeah. And our customer look this relation, looks the result of this work in the farms. They know like uh, we put effort for the quality and uh, produce the coffees and they, uh, all the our customers are fair with the price like uh, we receive. Yeah. And I mean, it shows uh, the results because you have very consistent quality every year. I mean, you can have a, a bad year, like you say, with frost or anything, yeah. but still you're able to produce pretty good coffee. Uh, and I think that's because you are, you are working in a good way in all levels of, uh, of the farm. But I mean, if you didn't have a customer who, uh, that you know is going to buy the coffee, it would be a huge risk for you to, to invest. Yes, the light. Uh, we see we see the life like a, as a circle as a circle of life. Mm -hmm. We we got a very good customers. The customer pay us a good price. Mm -hmm. So that price we can share with the people that help us, and that people can work with more love mm. and with more commitment in all the activities that they did, mm. they, do, they do. So they have, all together we have a better result because in that case, we cannot offer to our customer a good quality of coffee. Mm. So everything goes like in a circle. Yeah. So we have, everyone have to work in a very good way to everything work very good mm. because we can have a very good relationship with you but if I give you one year, the next year, the next year, not good as the last year coffee, and then the next year, not good as the last year, mm. we cannot maintain. It's not fair for, for you in no. your side. No, exactly. So we have, it's okay one year that we have one mistake, but not two years in a row. Mm. So it is it's the result of many things that we can continue that relationship. Yeah, I think uh, for me it's very simple like uh, to look at this as an investment in long-term quality. Because uh, 
I prefer to buy from the same producers every year because then uh, I can invest time and money and uh, also build relations uh, in order to make the product better uh, and introduce quality controls. We, in the, uh, the last podcast we talked about, we talked about how we changed the drying of the coffee. And uh, so then I don't need to go and look for the best coffee in Honduras every year. I know where to find it. And uh, it makes my job simpler and also the quality of our coffee is more consistent. And, um, and Tim, look, for example, the relationship with you. You have been helping us a lot to improve our quality mm. in many ways. That drying, we always talk about that drying system that <laughs> we have is thanks to you because we made a, an experiment. We learned how to taste the, the temperature, how it dries in one batch of coffee in different ways. Yeah. So all of this about drying process, we are so thankful with you. But in another way, you show us many things to do in the mill, yeah. in the farms, and we are still learning from you. Yeah, so I, I think that now is... I'm learning more from you than the opposite. No, <laughs> no, we are still, and, and this year we're going to learn more because we are, we are, we are going to change one, one lot of our farm in the way that you want to do, yeah. that we do. Yeah, we can maybe talk a little bit about that because um, uh, maybe you can quickly just explain uh, how you actually farm coffee because you ha you don't just have one farm, you have many small farms yes. uh, in, uh, in several different areas around Marcala, all in Marcala or? In, no, we have in four different municipalities. Mm -hmm. Marcala, we have in, Mar uh, we have, initially we have in Chinacla mm -hmm. municipality, but then... Um, we start a project, a new project in the municipality of Santa Ana. And then my father wanted to start to retire. Mm -hmm. So he sold out uh, to us the 70% of his farms mm -hmm. that was in Marcala municipality and San Jose municipality. So now we are in four different municipalities. Yeah, so you're so. obviously not uh, able to work in every single farm uh, all, all days. Uh, yes, <laughs> yeah. it's a big challenge. Yeah, this is another change. Because I always remember when uh, I can talk like now, like um, I, in 1993, to like a producer. Mm. In that moment, I need to hire or to rent one mule to carry the coffee like we produce. Mm. Because one mule was enough to produce. For all the coffee. For all the coffee. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, until the time passed, we start to grow. And we need to start to add another people like we can trust in them. And we can delegate some things. But it's very difficult for the human being like uh, try to delegate. Mm. Always we want to do all of if it's possible. But now, especially now, uh, the last year, like Marisabel said, like uh, two years ago, we bought the farms to Don Fabio. And uh, we are so lucky because he, uh, Marisabel, have a cousin and the cousin managed this farm. And he studied for agronomy. And then it's good because we can arrest more 
because he is in charge of this farm mm. and he looked like an agronomist that how manage the farm but the other farms we need to try to work and to try to find one person and now we talk with Marcel many times but sometimes it's difficult to looking for or to find one a very good man mm. to work and we are so lucky because just like a Two, three weeks ago, we found one guy, like uh, he have a lot of ex experience in coffee, and we hired him, and now I feel more comfortable to travel in Oslo, yeah. because I know one is in charge of the agronomist things yeah. in the farm, yeah. and I can rest, and I am so, we are so happy too, because our son, after he studied, he back to the farms and now he is in charge to look in the wet meal in the dry meal yeah and now specific that dry meal to the process the coffee to export and then this is the reason we can feel more comfortable now but we need to to learn how delegate and yeah. how and how trust in another people yeah but you always uh, worked with a person called Raul in the, yes uh, in the in the wet meal yes yeah 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 but you know don't you know Don Raul, and we have with Don Raul worked together in the last 30 years. Yeah. But he and me, we are getting old. <laughs> <laughs> yes. and, and he, he is uh, almost 10 years more old like me. Yeah. And then means like uh, he need to rest. Yeah. He is impossible for him. Yeah. And then it's better to have uh, another people help to him too, mm. to manage the farm. So you have many small farms and you grow different varieties. We talked a little bit about in the other episode, you have Pacamara, you have Batian, you have SL28, you have Katuai, a lot of Katuai. You have uh, Geisha, mm -hmm. some Java, Katurra. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, let's not name them all because there's so many. But uh, <laughs> so many, yeah. But uh, then uh, once the, when the coffee is picked, you, you hire uh, workers from the local community and they pick the coffee. And then they take it to a mill that you used to share with uh, Don Fabio, but now it's your mill. Um, mm -hmm. And it's quite a, it's not huge, but it's a big uh, wet mill, I have to say. Uh, you have good capacity. Yes. Um, and then after wet milling, you also dry the coffee. Uh, mm -hmm. Our coffees go to the raised beds, but you do the uh, mechanical drying for, mm -hmm. for many coffees. Um, and you have been uh, kind of perfecting the mechanical drying quite a lot so now those coffees are tasting really good and have good mm -hmm. shelf life and, and then after drying you have I remember many years ago I went into a room where there was sample bags of coffee from the floor to the ceiling in the whole room and uh, all those were different lots that you have been picking and you, you have your own warehouse now we have your own dry mill where you prepare the coffee for export uh, so there's a lot of operations Yes, yes, it's a lot. And as Moises said, I always admire him because he has been working in all the, you know, in all, in all wet meal, at the farms, at wet meal, at dry meal. We have one meal for the big lots. Mm. We have another meal for micro lots. Mm. And we have another meal just for nano lots. <laughs> so it's a big, a lot of operation. Yeah. And all... Moises have been managing, but as he said, 
he's getting old yeah. as, as a human being. And Don Raul is getting old. And Ro Don Raul is like Moises' older brother. And he had been managing the, the mill. But now they are trying to, to delegate to another people, even that they are just supervising yeah. that, that mill. But it's a lot of work. Is an amazing work because even now they are doing very good and they are supervising very good in a good way mm. because it's not easy. No, no, no. No, it's and I, I think also uh, the quality over the years has it's just improving. Like because all of these small investments, maybe you don't see an immediate result, but like over time you see there's uh, more consistency, better quality. And you know every single lot. When it's finished drying, they go to a, a copying to the copying lab. Mm. So we send to the exporter that we work with. They have a copper, mm. a professional copper that he, we send every single lot to him. Even that we send to him, Moises and Anesri or son, they cop every single lot too, just to to check with the the copper. Yeah. And everything is with traceability too. Mm, yeah. So it's a lot of work, and it's until now, thanks God. Yeah. <laughs> yes. It, it I, has been. I love copying uh, because now we have a copying lab in your house. So mm -hmm. uh, when I visit you, we spend maybe two days just copying uh, all the lots that uh, is available for me, and uh, I always get uh, punished if I like a coffee very much or don't like a coffee very much and uh, Moises said well Joel he scored it like this yeah. <laughs> and sometimes we abuse from you because we give more more coffee because we want that you you taste more coffee yeah I love it though yeah, I mean yeah, uh, thank you yeah, but you know and until all that time one of more difficult things like you say we have machines you improve with a new machine but the machine is easy to to change, to yeah. manage, yeah. to program. But one of more difficult for us is try to change the way of the workers do the things yeah. and how we want, like a, they a, they need to do. Mm. And uh, in the beginning, like uh, when we want to sell some lot of coffee, we took one sample for every lot one for every container but now we start to try like Marisabel say every single lot and I don't remember exactly but together the big lot and a medium lot and the nano lot at least we work every year like a, between five and six hundred lots mm. wow and each one <laughs> yes. have uh, his own samples yeah. and then in that way we can recognize what coffee is for variety for day for farm for, for, farm. Farm, for mm, all the, the, the ways like uh, we, we can uh, try to find the, some uh, ideas how to be better in the, in, in the farm yeah. and then uh, after this uh, it's very nice to to work to in a different varieties because then you can 
the uh, the side with variety is better. Yeah. But in another, when you cup the coffees, even the coffees come from to the same area, same farm, sometimes taste different. Yeah, for sure. Compare the day before or compare the year before. Yeah. And but in another, like uh, we l try to learn every year is to try to identify what is the preference for each customer. Mm. And we, in that way, we try to find like, a, to, to recognize like, a, ah, this coffee is a high acidity. Mm. And this is from this customer because they like the acidity. Mm. No, this coffee, for some reason, is more in a side like a body, like a more chocolate. Ah, this is good for this customer because he use a lot for the espresso. Mm. Or he is for this uh, more fruity. Ah, this is specific for this customer. And, and after many years, eh, every year we, yeah. <laughs> we, we are okay with 80% of the, our preference. Yeah. Yes, and, but as we have been growing, we have grown as a team. Mm. So it's not easy because it's not easy to handle everything. So we have a, an amazing team. We have a very good people working with us. Mm. So now we have a people that is in charge of the dry meal. And he has another person with, in the dry meal. We have a team in the wet meal. Mm. We have a, a team that is in charge of the, the farm. Mm -hmm. taking the coffee from the farm. We have a team that they are managing the farm. So we have been building teams inside of. Yeah. So when when we are talking about the coffee that we are doing, like Moises, me, no, behind us, it's a huge <laughs> yeah. army of people. Yeah. <laughs> yes, working. But you take and, all the glory. Yeah. <laughs> special caballero. Yeah. Special caballero. The caballero no. took that all the glory. No, but no, no. even even in one cup that you drink, Tim, yeah. is a lot of people hand a lot of hands in that cup of coffee yeah, that is. are working. It's amazing that the 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 group of people and amazing people that work with us. Mm. Yeah, there's so many steps for, uh, for every single cup. There's so many steps the beans has to go through. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's incredible. But it's working because uh, you're able to produce very good quality year after year, I think. Yeah, this is the idea. Yeah. And to try to be better every yes. year. Yes, yeah. yes. Try to talk with the customer mm -hmm. how was the coffee, how they taste the coffee. Mm. And we are so happy when they feedback us. And they told us, I, I think so you'd be better in th that way. Mm. For example, one of the very difficult uh, thing like uh, we need to change is like uh, the humidity in the coffees. Mm. Because officially in Honduras, you can export the coffee between 11 and 13%. Yeah, which is too high for me. <laughs> yeah, and for yes. now for all the specialty coffee, even 12 is high, mm. Mm -hmm. but for the producer, it's very difficult to change the mind because the producer start to thinking in the end, I lost money. Yeah. I lost weight means I lost money. It's true. And it's very difficult. And, and uh, maybe sometimes 
In, in our case, we are a commitment with this. We try to dry the coffees or to send the coffees between 9.5 to el maximum 11. Mm. And now, because that technology is higher compared with the, in, the, in the beginning, now we can check the water activity in the coffees. Yeah. But to try to change the, the mind for our workers was another difficult thing in this way. Yeah. Because they say, why you dry the coffee very low? You are losing money. Yeah. But we need to explain them. And now all the coffee, all the workers, sorry, they know what is the way, what is the reason. And now they try to do the best of them to yeah. try that the dry the coffees in this range. Yeah, quickly explain for me, like uh, your coffee and uh, the coffee from Elias in, in Colombia are the ones that I know have very, very long shelf life because it's dried very carefully and down to a good moisture level. Um, and that means the value of the coffee is the same for o over a year. Uh, it do the quality doesn't drop or fade or get woody. Um, so that means I'm willing to pay more for the coffee because I know that it's going to last until I have sold everything. Uh, whereas if it was from a producer that I didn't know how they produce the coffee, it's much more of a risk to pay a high price because maybe in two or three months the coffee will taste completely different. Or So this is why it's so important. But uh, a lot of producers don't see that because they just see the, the percentage of weight going down. Mm -hmm. and, and uh, once the coffee is sold, it's sold, you know. So um, uh, I think this is a very old-fashioned way of thinking. Mm -hmm. Yes, and this is the commitment that we have mm. because you 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 pay a great price, you demand a great quality. Yeah. So <laughs> this is a, a big commitment for us to give you the next year a better coffee than we gave you last year. Yeah. Yes, this is the, the way that we have to work as a producer mm. to maintain in the... Yeah, and I think uh, the quality this year was very good. Like the Pacamaras we bought, I just cut them last week again, and they were very good. The Geishas uh, were very, very good. We have some Batian, SL28 is tasting better, and also the Katuai. It's super sweet. Uh, I remember we cupped the last first three tables uh, back in March in your cupping lab. And I re just remember how su sweet the coffees were. And this is what I'm looking for when I'm buying your Katuai. It's like sweet, uh, very clean, very kind of rich, heavy body, and also hopefully some fruit flavor on top of that. But um, yeah, we all have different preferences, I think. And um, but that's great, you know, you have different customers and, uh, and uh, different needs. So you, you have different markets for, for all the coffees. Mm -hmm. Yes, yes. Thanks God we have a, a different, different market. Yeah. Yes. But let's uh, just briefly touch on uh, some other aspects of the farming because the actual farming uh, is, uh, in general, you're growing or at least traditionally you've been growing with not too much shade. And uh, now you're planting more shade. Can you explain a little bit why you're doing that? Yes, uh, this is a very, uh, until you know the problem, like uh, sometimes, like I can say, you create, you start to thinking you need to change. Mm. 
And especially now, like everyone knows, the weather change a lot of, and everywhere. Mm. Like you say, normally in April is not you expect in Oslo snow. No, <laughs> but for us it was very nice experience because we are are not usually to see the snow and then we'll be happy with that. Yeah, this, but it's not normally for you. In our side, now we uh, can see sometimes the rain is not probably in the end is the same quantity of water, but the problem is that the sometimes the water come from at once in one day mm. and then one week no rain. Mm. And for the coffee is better like uh, you have some quantity every day yeah. of the for many reasons. And then um and especially in like uh in some of the or countries in Latin America in the past year we start to thinking more in the production and mm. a volume mm. not in quality. And uh, we took the model for another countries like a means is like a no shade in the farms and high density mm. because we are looking volume. Mm. But especially in the past two years and the last two years where the when the price for the fertilizer is so high, mm. we start to see the plants demand a lot of fertilizer another nutrition mm. and not only like a nutrition but because we have a problem with the labor a lot of producers start to use herbicides mm. and then create one problem in the soil and if you add the problem is less fertilization and you add like a high density and like a you add no shade, mm. then you have like a, the sum of this is, is a huge problem. Yeah. And then the coffee tree start to demand a lot. Of, and when the coffee demand a lot of nutrition, but don't have this uh, available in the soil, then you start to have a problem with the beans. Yeah. Some coffee are dropped another coffee is like a dry in the tree uh, some coffee don't ripe mm. and then you have another problem because the your tree are weak and is very susceptible for the some uh, the, some fungus mm. some uh, especially with a leaf rust mm. and then we have a huge problem and this is one of the reasons in our countries now a lot of producers start to abandon the farms because it's economic is not sustainable. Yeah. And they decide to sometimes to take the risk to uh, move to the United States. But in our farms, since many years ago, we start to use some shade in the farms because we need to know how manage this uh, aspect of, of the, the shade, because if you have too much shade, you produce leaves, but you don't produce coffee. Mm. And then you, you need to have some uh, shade in the farms. And even in some farms, 
we start to planting coffee in the middle of the native trees. Yeah. Sometimes in the middle of the pines, sometimes in the middle of the another variety of trees like we have. And I remember one uh, one customer told us like, I like your farm, but not look like a farm, like a Brazilian farm. Yeah. <laughs> looks like looks like more. You introduce the coffee in the forest. Yeah. And uh, and we start to add uh, a lot of organic material. We don't call or uh, farms are organic, but we add a lot of organic material, especially because we produce the pulp. Mm. We add the pulp in all the farms. And I remember one day uh, we sent to test the soil. And normally uh, for any place like uh, you have, is is good when you have like uh, 8% of the organic material in your soil. Yeah. But in some of the our farms, the percent like we have is 15. Wow. And then the, the person like uh, read the test told us, uh, be careful because too much organic material is not too good for the produce coffee too <laughs> because you have another problem. But this means like uh, we try to to back to the, the farms, many of the nutrients we take of the farms. Yeah. And uh, the last time we start to talk with Marisabel, like uh, we need to change like, our mind, like uh, start to thinking like uh, the future of the coffee is the past of the coffee. Means like uh, we need to start to work in the farms like uh, many years ago, more in a sustainable way. Mm. Means no herbicides, means less density, means more shade in the farms. And because in that way is much better for everyone. Mm. And is more sustainable than how produce the coffee. Mm. Is this how your great-grandfather produced coffee? Yes. My great-grandfather, he used a lot of shade. Mm. I remember the avocado, avocado that we ate was from the farm, mm. from my grandfather. So that the orange was from the farms. The bananas was from the farm. Yeah. They have a lot of shade. And then we suddenly start to have less shade. I remember Moises had a, 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 a meeting with the people that work at the farm, and he told that the future, you know, the future of the farm is the past of the farm. Yeah. And I say, wow, that is very good yeah. for them to understand. <laughs> yeah. Because m many of them, they knew how was the farm before. They remember. Yes, they yeah. remember how was the farm, and it's true. Mm. Now, and I remember you, Tim, you have like a five years telling us about, we need to put more shade, more shade. <laughs> I remember that. I, I think more <laughs> like 10 years. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, yes, maybe more. yes, it's true. And then, you know, we, 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 were, we were talking about it with my, my cousin, he's agronomist. Mm. And we went to one farm that has like a four or five years it's a very young farm mm. and it doesn't have too much shade. Mm. It's, we have like a three lots that doesn't have too much shade. 
And I say, wow, it looks like this farm got old so fast. Mm. It's like a, when a human being get old very fast. Mm. And I say, look, this is because we don't have shade. Mm. So in that farm, we this year, we just planted even before the rain comes. I say, we have to start to plant and to see, to put shade as as soon as possible. Mm. Otherwise, the farms won't survive in the future. Yeah. We need, as a coffee producer, we need to start to put shade from now to the farms if we want to produce coffee in 10 years. Yeah. In 10 years, coffee farm without shade won't survive. I agree. I yes. completely agree. And we seem uh, like an industry, we seem to only look at planting new hybrid varieties uh, and trying to kind of uh, fight the problem with the wrong, uh, wrong methods instead of looking at the way we are actually farming. That's the actual problem. And then changing that towards uh, maybe the more of an old system, but with uh, more modern knowledge, maybe. Mm -hmm. um, we can combat the problem without having to put millions of dollars into new hybrids. I'm not uh -huh. saying we should not develop new hybrids. I, I believe that that is important as well. But I don't think it's the only solution to the problem. Uh, I think first we need to fix the way we farm. Mm -hmm. uh, and planting shade is like the first step. And, uh, yes. Mm -hmm. Like you're doing, uh, implementing a lot of organic material and all these things. And uh, I've invited you to come to Guatemala with me in November uh, so that we can learn from a, a person that is doing organic farming like this. Uh, and hopefully that can help you improve the farms even further and also lower the cost and being better for the environment and we'll see okay thank you yes, my, yes. my my dream is to have before you retire moises my dream is that you're producing <laughs> organic coffee like sustainable uh, growing practices and team we have one lot for from for you that we started organic yeah, we, so, we, yeah, like it, I would say, like a, every, in, in this lot specific, every year we we want to use less a chemical fertilizer and mm. more organic, mm. nice or, mm. organic material. Yes, in mm. I think in two years we will have coffee from that farm. Wow, I'm looking yes. forward to that. Yes, <laughs> that's great. So uh, just maybe to round up because we talked for uh, I think an hour or something, but. Um, I'm a little bit curious uh, to hear, we were touching a little bit on it, uh, the future of the coffee is the past, but not everything is like the past because your great-grandfather, how did he transport and sell the coffee? Uh, do you know that? Like how, how, was, how did the coffee that he produced, how did it come to Europe from the farm? You know, he <laughs> milled, my great-grandfather, he milled the coffee in one stone mill mm -hmm. with mules. Well, he was amazing. And he transported the coffee. He rented mules because my, my, my grandfather told us that he rented like a 30 mules. 30 mules? Yes. Wow. And they transported the coffee to El Salvador port. And how, they, many, how many days is that? Probably a week or even like more? Like a week. Yeah. Like, like a, week. a week, yes, minimum, I think, mm -hmm. like a week. And, you know, all the family went to El Salvador because it was their vacation time. Mm. So they went to the port, they put hammocks in the <laughs> beach, and then they stayed some days in the beach, and then they returned to 
to with the empty mules. Nice. Yes, he was he was amazing guy. And then probably guy. did the coffee go to the U.S. or to to Germany? To Germany. Yes. So through the Panama Canal, maybe. Probably. Because was uh, was it for the from El Salvador? Yeah. yeah probably is that that the to Panama. Yeah. yeah yes, it, yes, was from El Salvador. Because at that time, the the closest port from Marcala is El Salvador. Yeah. Because in another ways to Marcala to the Atlantic Ocean probably took like a two months. Yeah, because Marcala is very close to El Salvador. Yes, yes. and yes. my grandfather and his wife was from El Salvador. Ah, okay. And yes. they they received from Germany uh, textiles, uh, tools. tools, and he had a, a store, a shop in Marcala. He oh, has nice. one in Marcala in another city that name was Tutule. He had two two stores and he sold things in that store and fertilizer too. He oh, nice. But he didn't uh, he didn't uh, send samples I guess to the no. customer in Germany. So no, it was just sold. Yes. No, and I, he drank natural. Oh really? Yes yeah. he was yeah. he he sent his no, coffee in a natural no, no samples at that no. time. No, no PSS. No. At that time. <laughs> Telegram, maybe? No. no. It's like uh, they trust. And even I remember when I uh, I moved to, to Honduras and I start to ask because in Guatemala, every exporter have uh, his own copper. And when I arrived in Honduras, I start to ask, where is the copper? And in 1992, in whole Honduras, it's only one copper. <laughs> and you need to make an appointment with him. Wow. And the appointment took like a, a month, depending on the time of the season. Wow. Just one copper. And then the people just... But you know, one of the good things about this time is because every single producer know how to do the things. Mm. is less mistakes. Yeah. They know how me that how harvest the coffee. They know how mill the coffee. They know how dry the coffee. Then it's less problem. Mm. No phenol, no fermentation problem. Mm. The coffee was good, was clean. Yeah, it was very simple. But now because we are a lot of stress in our life. Yeah. We, uh, this is one of the reasons you we make a lot of mistakes. Mm. And this is one. But just 30 years ago, and Marcala is no copper. Mm. But, but everyone everyone do the things in the best way. Yeah. But my great-grandfather, remember, was in the First World War. In the First World War. Yeah. He died before the Second World oh, really? War. Yes. And then my grandfather took the business. Uh, so was yeah. after the second yeah, even even the I second remember war. thirty years ago it's not usual to have a moisture milk. Mm. The people just with the eyes in and the with teeth. the teeth. Even today, I mean most Yeah, but, most. <laughs> but now it's more the young generation <laughs> is more difficult. Yeah. The but person like Don Raul they just and uh, when they are young, they just look the beans and yeah. say, ah, this is a the this coffee maybe two hours more and it's a it's a good uh, humidity. Yeah. And then they took one in the teeth. Ah, yes, 
this is no this is need more two days or something like that mm. now it's more modern yeah we have a little bit more precise measuring yes but uh sometimes this works very well the manual testing and everything yeah Yes, but you have to be more precise. Yeah. You have to be more professional. As you're growing, you have to be more professional. And you're, you're vacuum packing the coffees, but how did they pack the coffees for export uh, for your grand, great-grandfather? Was it leather bags or? Leather bags. Wow. They, sell, they send the leather to Germany with the coffee inside the, the leather bags. After so, being on a mule for a week. <laughs> yes. In like a 30 degrees. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, yes, it's true. But look, he sell, yes, he, he sold the, the, the leather and the, the beans. But the beans must have tasted the, the, smell yeah. of the beans. Flavor. <laughs> leather flavor. Wild flavors. <laughs> Wow, yeah. I wish I could uh, taste those coffees. That would oh. be. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. At least there is some uh, good development. Well, uh, I think we have to round up. Is there anything else you would like to say, or uh, before we round up the episode, or that we appreciate first you to trust in us, then your customer that trusts in our coffee through you. Yeah. And as I said before, there is behind us is a group of people working with passion mm. and doing the best of us to give you the best results mm. and to give you a, a great coffee. And I know there's uh, thousands of people who enjoy your coffee every day, so... That's a great thing to, to think about, you know. You're, just, you're spreading a lot of joy and uh, pleasure in, uh, in the world, I think, with your coffees. And, and we want that you know that our, our coffee goes to many hands and we try to, to share mm. the, the price that you give us to the people that work with us too. Mm. So we want that... Everyone stay good mm. because in that way they will be they will work with passion yeah. and they will try to do the best of them because they know the next year their the coffee that we are exporting is going to go to your hands again. Yeah. And they will continue living better mm. in the community mm. as a community. That's great. Well, thank you very much, Moises and uh, Marisabel. Thank you for joining us for this podcast. I'm sure our listeners enjoyed it a lot, and I'm pretty sure we will talk in uh, many times in the coming years as well, if we continue doing this podcast. I was thinking I need to update uh, with some video content from your farms, because the last video I made, I think, was 2014 or something like that. Very, very old video, so uh, we need to maybe... Um, Next year or the year after, we can go and film a little bit from your farm so that okay. people can see the beautiful plantations that you have. Yes, and, and we, we would and like... new pictures. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> new I remember, I don't remember exactly one customer, but one customer show the picture for us and make me happy because I look young. Yeah. <laughs> it was like uh, the picture was taken in like uh, 15 years ago. Yeah. And, but now... With a new picture, you can see that the things you do, 
You still look very young, both of you. Ah, oh, thank you. <laughs> okay, let's okay. Thank cozy. you so much. Thank you very okay, much. Thank you. And thank you to our listeners. I hope you enjoyed the podcast. And uh, make sure to send us some feedback or comments on our Instagram account at Tim Wendelbo. Thank you for listening and have a good day.